What's going on, Jay Buck? What's up, man? <clears throat> I know a lot. Just waiting for Tyler to get on the call. Uh, I've got the draft on. First, uh, I can give you guys some live reactions too tonight when uh, we talk. Sounds pretty good. Uh, the draft already started. I thought it was eight o'clock every day. Yep. Uh, right now, the pick just went to the Bears. I was pretty. I was pretty content with the Steelers pick, but that'll be. We'll be. We'll have some more on that later. Yeah, and Saints going wide receiver and offensive line. That's pretty good. Now we just need to focus on defense. But we really needed some offensive line help. Big time. You been doing okay, brother? Yes, sir. I've uh, just picked up Nintendo Switch Sports. I did get that done before we hopped on here. And uh, not going to try it out until tomorrow, though, after work. But uh, thankfully... My last patient tomorrow is at 1 p.m., so not too bad. You'll have the whole day ahead of you then. Yep. And uh, so, but uh, yeah, other than that, uh, just gearing everything up for uh, Star Wars month. Because that's where a lot of my video game attention is going to be to next week. <clears throat> Welcome to the show. So uh, I guess we'll get this formally started. What's up? What's up? What's up? It's Shrews, the host of the Shrews cast. And today we're back with my co-host Josh Buchanan and our very special guest, Tyler Roberts. Cousin Tyler, what brings you into this neck of the woods, man? Honestly, though, it's good chatting with you again. It's been way too long. It has been way too long, man. How's life been treating you? It's good. Can't complain too much. Other than gas prices, but you know, that's <laughs> that's a whole different conversation. It is definitely a different conversation too. But uh, definitely good to have you on. And uh, we, Matt, I know we got a lot to cover tonight. We got the NFL draft, which I've actually got on my TV screen right now, along with NBA playoffs, and we'll dive into some video games as well. But uh, why don't we start with uh, where I just. Uh, alluded to first with the 2022 NFL draft. How do you guys feel the draft has went so far? And uh, how do you, where do you guys want to see your team go next? Man, to be completely honest, I'm a Giants fan. So the only place I want to see my winning more year. <laughs> That's <laughs> completely that understandable. <laughs> I don't I don't set my expectations very high. <laughs> well, I know they made a pretty good first draft pick there, so you know that's a start. It's a start, but again, we're the Giants. It doesn't matter how good of a start we have, we always mess it up. <laughs> well, New Orleans has a lot of ground to cover too, so but I'm pretty content with where we went with getting a new wide receiver just in case of whatever happens with Michael Thomas in the future and definitely needed some offensive line help. So I'm definitely happy with my two picks there that we had in the first round. And the Saints will also be going number 49 in this round. The Seahawks pick is in as of right now. The Bears had just went before them. So we'll see where Seattle goes. But uh, 
Matt, you guys got you guys a quarterback now, Kenny Pickett. He's he wasn't too shabby when he was playing for Pittsburgh in college. Now he's playing for the city of Pittsburgh with the Steelers. So, how apropos is that? I'm pretty satisfied with the pick, honestly. I've heard a few things like he's not very big, you know, six three, and I, I mean it's coming from a guy that's five eight, five nine on a good day. So take that as you will. But uh, I say he has small hands and stuff for his size, but you know. You had a quarterback not too long ago playing for New Orleans that was kind of like that and Drew Brees. And Six I'm not, foot on the dot. I'm not saying he's going to be the next Drew Brees, but I definitely believe he has a lot of potential to be a quality quarterback in this league for a long time. Yeah. Drew Brees was a different breed, that's for sure. But, I mean, that says potential for Kenny Pickett, though, because, you know, it's not always about the size. It's about how well you play on the field. That is the truth. So, Tyler, where do you want to see the Giants pick up at next? That is I, – I honestly have no clue. To be honest, we need to get rid of Daniel Jones. I I was one of those guys that was on the bandwagon at first. I, I wanted him to be good, but over the years, he has shown me nothing to be hopeful for. Like, the dude has a cannon for an arm, but – He's inaccurate. He has speed, but he trips over his own feet. So, <laughs> I yeah, we I don't know that. what the issue is with the guy. You know, he so shows you something good, and then he just wipes the table clean. He's like, you know what? I'm actually trash. So, so, you, dra- so you drafted this generation's Mark Sanchez. Is what it sounds like. Now, I wouldn't go that far. He hasn't had a he hasn't had a butt fumble yet. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not going to put it past him. <laughs> Yeah, maybe a later later years Tim Tebow is what I can equate that to. But uh, we, I, I really like um, oh, what's his name? I can't remember his name. Jeez, oh, I can't remember. I last year when we had um, not this past season, but season before, like actual last year, um. I'm a, I'm a Texas, you know, college football fan, and seeing Colt McCoy out there playing, man, that was that was great for me. I love that. I enjoyed seeing Colt McCoy play and us lose more than Daniel Jones, you know, playing and us win. So, if that tells you how <laughs> I feel about the guy, because <laughs> it's like it's win by just the slightest margin, but or you know, then if you lose, it's by a wider margin at that point, but you know, it's like, it's like how many field goals did you see us lose by? Like every game is like we lost by a field goal. Or we lost by, you know, a you know, into the fourth quarter touchdown. Just something dumb. It's like we just never held it together. Don't mention field goals to me because that one game New Orleans <laughs> lost to Tennessee. I'm still with PTSD on that one. Matt can tell you I was fuming. He was. I wrote him that day. Oh. But, it's uh, it's crazy because if you go back and look at the season, though, we led almost every game at, at halftime. We were always a first-half team. We were either tied at halftime or we were up at halftime. But second half, it just not the same team at all. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong about that. 
And before we dive in a little bit, I just saw the Seahawks just went back-to-back picks. They went linebacker, and now they just made a pretty good pick in Ken Walker out of Michigan State at running back. He was pretty good from what I saw of him on tape. So that that works pretty good in uh, Seahawks' favor, especially because, you know, they didn't use the first round of drafted running back because we know the state of running backs as it is in this league today. You know, here today, gone tomorrow. Uh, Saquon Barkley. <laughs> Does that name ring a bell? <laughs> Todd Gurley. Yeah. That's one of the biggest disappearing cases of where did he go. Le'Veon Bell as well. I'll throw in the Steelers in there. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to do that dirty, Matt. <laughs> I'll take jabs at myself, but I'll, I'll – I'll leave you, at, you know, have your own piece at, there. At least maybe we have one more year out of Alvin Kamara. We'll see how long it lasts. He It'll go year to year, but at least we still have Kamara for the time being as of right now. So I'm content with that. I'll take that as long as we can go with it. I mean, we've gotten a Najee Harris. So, I mean, I'm decently confident in our running back position for at least five years, barring a serious injury. Bama's produced some really good running backs. I know we say that a lot, but Alabama really does have a strong core of like the strong running back type that seems in some cases to really have the most durability because they're bigger running backs as opposed to speed. I mean, not saying that they're slow by any means, but, you know, it seems like they have a little more power, a little more durability with them per se. That is a fair assessment of Alabama, man. And uh, I'll go ahead and tell you, for the Steelers, I'd like us to uh, draft an an offensive lineman or a wide receiver in the second round because, you know, he wasn't the greatest in the world, but Juju Smith-Schuster will be missed. Yeah, on the the field he will be. Off the field, maybe not so much. I'm ready for him and Jackson Mahomes, brother. I'm ready for him and Jackson Mahomes. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. (laughs) At least you embrace it. That is definite PTSD right there, especially for Kansas City. Um, For the Saints, defense, defense, defense. I mean, we had a good defense last year, but we've we've also lost a lot of key people in this offseason, so we need to start building that back up. That's that's another thing with the Giants. If you look you know, two seasons ago, we were a, a top five, you know, defense in the league. And then we just fell off out of nowhere. Like we kept the same defensive roster almost. And we still just fell off out of nowhere. Like that's another thing I just, I cannot understand with the Giants. Uh, didn't, did their defensive coordinator retire? I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh... I, I'm not too sure either. I mean, that could be it. I don't know. I'm not a huge football fan. I keep up with it here and there. But, you know, as far as the, you know, coaches and coordinators and all that, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care enough to keep up with it. I keep up, Which, with, the, I keep up with the Steelers. And uh, when I make bets for, like, the playoff games or the Super Bowl, I do the same for the NBA playoffs, the MLB playoffs. Uh, I'll pay attention to them. But that's about that's as far as it goes. But, uh, yeah. You know, I'm more of a basketball guy. (laughs) And we will definitely cover basketball here in just a second. Um, We'll stick with it here a little bit because the Colts just traded their pick to the Minnesota Vikings. And then your Giants, Tyler, will be on the clock right after this. So we'll stick with it just a little bit to see what happens with 
the trade for Minnesota and then where the Giants end up going from here. So we'll stick with it a little bit longer. And then we got some playoff talk. We got to talk about the Suns. We got to talk about Golden State. And we've had some really good series, it seems like, this year. Because you would have thought that Phoenix would have had maybe shown a little more dominance but that goes to credit the Pelicans, and we'll talk about that obviously here in just a second. But I mean, credit to those guys for the way that that season started to make it seem like it was going to be a bust of a season, to winning their play-in games, getting a spot in the playoffs, and taking Phoenix to a limit they didn't think that they'd go to. That says that's a testament to where the Pelicans could potentially go. And I'll talk about why maybe they'd be better off without Zion. Well, I'll tell you two teams we won't be discussing, and unfortunately those are the Los Angeles Lakers and the New York Knicks. (laughs) No, we'll be discussing the Knicks. I can promise you that. (laughs) We will be discussing the Knicks. (laughs) Whether you want to hear it or not, they're going to be talked about. (laughs) Everybody's everybody's favorite two 11th seeds. The the Knicks and the Lakers. We will be talking about both of those teams for <laughs> sure. But uh, I tell you what, it has definitely been an interesting season to say the least. And we will talk about how we could have potentially our first game seven coming up with uh, the two teams escaped me at the moment. I saw it this morning, but the two teams escaped me at the time being. But uh, we do have a potential for a game seven. Is it the Sixers and uh, I forget who they're playing for life? No, this I think the Sixers just closed out that series against Toronto. Actually, they closed <laughs> the Sixers closed out their yeah, they, series last night yeah, along with uh, along with Dallas. Dallas closed out their series, and then there was another one that just closed out. Yeah, well, well, before we well, completely, you know, transition into basketball, I, uh, I'll bring up a few football questions here. All so, right, fire away. You know, I am 23 years old now. Crazy to say, right, Josh? Does not feel like <laughs> I should be 23. I know, I know. Like, and, I don't, and I'm pushing 30, man. Right? <laughs> like, how, how is that happening? I, I don't know. It Like, sitting here talking to you, like, we don't talk a lot, you know, like, it's just one of them things we grow up and, you know, everybody goes on their own separate way. But it's it's good to talk again. Um, Got to talk more for sure. But Absolutely. it does not feel like, you know, we should be sitting here, you know, at our age <laughs> doing a podcast. Never would have seen that coming in a million years. <laughs> and I know because you never would have figured it because we're still the high school, middle school crew in our minds and everything right, like yeah. that. Right. In reality, like you said, you're 23. I'll be 29 in November. So, That's like, crazy. But, I'm pushing. Yeah, with, I, with I'm that getting gray said, hairs, man. I'm getting old. Man, I'm losing my hair. Matt can feel me <laughs> on that one. <laughs> Matt's, oh, Matt, 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 realized, Matt realized he was going bald the second <laughs> he went to football practice, took off his helmet at the end of practice, and his hairline was in the top of it. Man, I'm telling you, I, I moved to Kentucky four years ago, right? Right. Um, June this year will be four years I've lived in Kentucky. 
when I lived in West Virginia four years ago, you you can you know attest this, Matt. I had some long hair. You know, I my hair was there; it was full. And I'm telling you, after a year of living down here, it it just like went somewhere else. I don't know what happened. Stayed in West Virginia, didn't I? I guess it just didn't make it on the trip. <laughs> but oh. yeah, I don't. Yeah, but you know, with the whole age, you know, conversation, that's what I wanted to bring up. It feels like, you know, in, in pro sports, we're moving into, like, the new generation. You know, it's it's been on the horizon there, and now it feels like we're finally, like, right into, like, the peak of it. So, you know, with that being said, like, who are your favorite, you know, young stars in, in the NFL? Like, who is your favorite to watch? You know, with, like, you know, Breeze retiring, Peyton Manning, you know, I would say Tom Brady, but, you know, that only lasted 40 days. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> what, are you you know, about, like, what are you talking about? Tom Brady is my favorite young star. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, so who are, who are y'all's favorite, you know, young bucks coming up? Um, well, I mean, I think we're all in agreement about Burrow. I mean, Burrow had a belter of a season this year, and – he and Jamar Chase are going to be a duo to watch. Now, I'm, I don't know if Cincinnati will have the same repeat success, but they need some help along the way to get there, especially in the offensive line. But Burrow and Chase was such a fun combination to watch this year. I mean, they got the LSU connection and everything. So, you know, that's going to be a fun dynamic. And, you know, it's, it's crazy to think of how many players recently that have made it big have come out of Baton Rouge. Because we always talk about Alabama. We always talk about Clemson. Uh, You know, it's nice to talk about some of these other schools that exist besides Clemson and Alabama. Thank you, LSU. Thank you to teams like Georgia. Thank you, Georgia, for giving us a break. um, Well, I – Anybody who listens to this podcast, you know, that's close to me. They would jump all over me if I did not speak my mind on this. But I am not a Joe Burrow fan, believe it or not. I've said it, you know, since he was at LSU. Like, I just don't like the guy. I don't know what it is, to be honest. Like, I'm not saying he's not talented. You know, he's a great quarterback. But I just don't like the guy. I, it's the hairline for me. His hair is too maybe, nice. Maybe it's just, you know, me, you know, rooting for losing teams and seeing he's a winner. Maybe, you know, that has something to do with it. But I don't know. I just – I cannot get behind the guy. And living in Kentucky, like, everybody's a Bengals fan. So, everybody's talking about Joe Burrow, and I have to sit here and listen to it all day, every day. I'm like, man, just shut up. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear it. Like, I don't like the guy, but – I don't know for me, and it, it was, you know, this is what, uh, you know, brought the question up to me. It's like you were mentioning the Vikings. I really like Justin Jefferson. I feel like, you know. Yes, I can agree that, with that. That's my guy. Like, because, you know, growing up, Drew Brees, you know, he was always my favorite quarterback. But, you know, Julio, Jones, Julio Jones was always my favorite player growing up. Like, I just love wide receivers. And, you know, with, you know, Julio being who he is now, it's not who he was before. So, I think Justin Jefferson's my guy. Uh, yeah, respect for the Justin Jefferson thing. And before we dive into uh, Matt's side of it, 
speaking of Kentucky and speaking of the Giants, Tyler, don't bring one up. <laughs> one Dale Robinson, wide receiver oh, out of Kentucky, he has got been selected by the New York Football Giants. Really? Just I'm not now, watching. Are you bring, lying to me? I I'm breaking the news to you right now. Oh, that is so cool. That is awesome. I I met him. He did a so I work for uh. Uh, lids right so i'm assistant right. manager at a lids um well okay. lids owns the store i work for it's called a fan outfitters right. and we sell nothing but like uk gear and stuff um right but he actually came and did a meet and greet in our store not too long ago so i got to meet him that's really cool i like him he's a good kid that's awesome so uh we'll do a little breakdown here while i've got it on the screen so he is 5'8 178 pounds he was second team all sec this past season, along with, let me fast forward through here, because I just paused it because I was going to bring it up there, 104 receptions, which was third in all of college football for receivers in terms of catches on the year. So Robinson definitely has, you know, a good strong resume. And now we can say he is a second round draft pick and he is going to be playing for the New York football giants. Well, I take back the University of Kentucky. Robinson's my guy. (laughs) Robinson is my guy. (laughs) And believe it or not, we'll we'll bring this up too. He had transferred to Kentucky after spending two years in Nebraska. So his entire career between Kentucky and Nebraska, 2,248 receiving yards to 14 touchdowns. So Robinson joins defensive end Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon, who was uh, fifth pick in the draft and Evan Neal, offensive tackle out of Alabama. So those are the three picks right now for the Giants as Cleveland goes on the clock. And I'm not worried about that because we all know that the Browns will end up choking worse than any team out there. Anyway. That's awesome. I love that. That made my day. I was just talking to my boss earlier. I was like, man, like, how cool would it be to see, like, one of the Kentucky guys go to the Giants? I didn't think it would happen. (laughs) So that is awesome. So I wouldn't prank you like that, man. That is absolutely legit. That's why I have this on here so we could get some possible live reactions. Now, uh, Saints won't be picking until pick number 49, and then I think the Steelers are 52, Matt, if I'm correct. So if we're on long enough, we'll cover both of our teams with their next picks. So we've had a lot of draft talk to start out, but Matt, if – you're in agreement with me. I think it's time we kind of transition a little bit to some NBA playoffs, shall we? That is absolutely fine with me. All right. So, with that being said, where has has there been any surprises for you guys so far? Because, like I mentioned, I've alluded to it with New Orleans, with the Pelicans. They really surprised me with how well they matched up with Phoenix. Now, I mean, I'm not saying that I was one of those that thought New Orleans would upset Phoenix. Not anybody would outside of possibly New Orleans fans. Um, but it is good to see a team that had started 1-12 and end up overcoming a lot of those odds, won their play-in games, did what they needed to do, and then took Phoenix to a spot where they didn't think they'd go. Because a lot of people thought that Phoenix would either sweep or win in five. But Phoenix was answering the call bell to bell and hung in there with those sons and 
But, man, we've got to talk about Chris Paul and how he did not miss a single shot. Like, <laughs> this is insane. I don't remember ever seeing a game where uh, any player had not missed one single shot. Well, that's because the only person ahead of him on the all-time consecutive made shots list is Will Chamberlain, and none of us were close to being alive to watch him play. <laughs> yeah. Now, Dad told me about uh, the times of seeing Will Chamberlain because <clears throat> I don't know if I ever told you this, Matt, but I might have, but I can't remember. Uh, Dad was a fan of the Chamberlain West Lakers of the 70s and everything like that, and then was even a fan up through – the Magic and Kareem era. And then I kind of took over the period with the Shaq Kobe dynasty because Tyler and I were actually talking about this before the podcast and everything like that. And for those who listen, I'm not really a specific team fan for basketball. I'm more for, you know, following great players. So when I caught, it was the tail end of the Jordan era seeing him hitting the last shot on Russell in his final championship uh, victory. But then I really grew up with guys like AI, like Shaq and Kobe and that dynasty, with the new Pistons. And then with, honestly, the only team that could compete with the Lakers as the team of the 2000s, that being the San Antonio Spurs. Absolutely. With with Duncan, Parker, Ginobili, and then – probably maybe the top NBA coach outside of uh, Jackson and a lot of the old school coaches there talking about Greg Popovich with his style of coaching and everything. But nonetheless, shifting gears with it. Has Jokic lived up to that MVP status? Because remember, he is the reigning MVP as of right now. Do you guys think he lived up to that billing or do you think they went down the wrong path? All right. I'll I'll give my opinion on this. So fire away. I like Jokic. I I think he's a great player. And, you know, he's, he's one of the rare occasions, you know, with big men that, you know, they're flashy, but they're still, you know, tough skinned big men, you know, they, they get down in the post, you know, and they're dogs. He's not one afraid the, to get you know, dirty. Yes. He's one of the, you know, rare few that you see that are still, you know, with that style, you know, mixing right. in, you know, a little bit of flair here and there. But right. I I don't think he has. Like he's for me, a weird title for me. Like it doesn't really hold that much value to me. Because today it's just a popularity race. That's all it is. I um, understand that. You know, in today's NBA, it's like it's the most popular player, pretty much, or you know, one of the top three most popular players. Um, and that was like a few years ago. You know, LeBron's last MVP, James Harden should have won that. But it's LeBron. You know, you got to give it to LeBron. That's that's the NBA's you know golden child. But I I don't think he has because. If you take him off that Nuggets team, they're still a pretty decent team. And, you know, not saying he doesn't carry his load, but to me that just doesn't make him the most valuable player in the league, you know? So yeah. I think I think the, you know, title of most valuable player 
has lost its meaning over the years. So I think, I think one of the last times that they really got it right was when Curry got the unanimous one. Because yeah, absolutely. When he got the unanimous one, there was no better player. No. So the I think that's really one of the last Steph times they got was, it right. 2016 Steph Curry was one of the greatest, if not the greatest basketball players we've ever seen. As in like a one-year span, I don't think we've ever seen better. It, that's a t- that's a very, a very tough argument, especially with, you know, modern NBA. I think I think that definitely, you know, fits the bill with this style of NBA. Because, yeah. you know, you have your eras of where, you know, Kobe should have had more – of a recognition at that point and everything like that. And, you know, then you had the Jordan area, then you had bird magic. You actually had a lot of competition. And around those times, there wasn't a whole lot of dispute over who had the MVP title. Matt, would I be wrong in saying that? I feel, I feel like that's a very accurate statement. You know, and this is coming from somebody who doesn't follow like one specific team. You know, so this is just my two cents worth for whatever it's worth. But back then, it seemed like there was less dispute over who had the MVP title than today, where there is all kinds of discussion of whether the person was actually deserving of it or not. I think that has to yeah. do with the rise of social media, though. You know, you couldn't yeah, just get you 100%. couldn't get on Twitter or Facebook and voice your opinion. You know. Only re- you only really heard the opinions of like sports analysts and stuff. Yeah, that that makes that that definitely makes some sense, and you know, because you know, like like Tyler was alluding to, Curry had a great year. It's not his fault that Draymond Green went and acted stupid during that finals, and what was really part of the catalyst that set off the greatest comeback in finals history. I mean, let's face it, because I think had Draymond not gotten himself suspended and done the stupidity that he did in that moment, I think Golden State would have very well locked themselves in as the best season at that point, bar none. Even going past, even really having some serious discussion against the Chicago Bulls of '96 when they went 72 and 10. Right, that that one extra regular season win doesn't hold as much value as a, you know, an NBA championship, you know? Exactly. So, I I agree with that. I'm be, I'm be honest, during that season, uh, I was watching Kobe's last game, not the Warriors win 73. Well, that's understandable, too. I mean, there, this is going to be a long, long time before there's another player like a Kobe Bryant. I mean, you know, by that point, you know, I, you know, wasn't really a Lakers fan at that point. You know, I'm just – following along with it but i recognize greatness when i see it and i mean kobe being bryant fits the bill anybody who says that kobe doesn't fit the bill they don't watch basketball they're following the wrong generation as far as pure basketball player pure mentality and just work ethic there's not a better player than kobe bryant yeah, Kobe Bryant was – he was one of the few players, you know, especially back then, that, you know, did not care to, you know, put the work in. He didn't, you know, sit out games just because, you know, oh, I have back soreness or 
you know, I stubbed my toe this morning, you know. He played through broken bones, you know, played through, you know, or tried to play through, you know, Achilles tears. Like, he was that guy even at the end of his career. And, uh, you know, that's, that's throwing some shade at LeBron. But, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, it's fine. Was, we're, we're fine with it. I, how old was Kobe when he retired? Like, he's, I, I can't uh, remember the exact age. He'd have to be 38 because he, he was yeah, in the league he was, 20 years. He wasn't quite 40 yet. I know he was, like, late 30s. But, man, he was late 30s, you know, played 20 years in the NBA and still wanted to be on the floor, you know, through every injury. Like, he didn't use, you know, oh, you know, I'm getting older. I've I've accomplished this and that. Like, he still felt like after everything he had accomplished, he still felt like he had more fruit, you know? And you don't find guys like that anymore. Like, you'll find guys like Anthony Davis who goes out and, you know, wins a title that really doesn't mean anything, you know, through the bubble and feels like they're the greatest player and they can just do things on their terms and – they feel like they're held to this certain status, but I I can't get behind that with today's NBA. Like I like guys that, you know, even though they're making all of this money and, you know, they, they have all of this fame and they've already won a few titles, but they still want to win more. You know, that that's the kind of player I like. That's uh, why I'm still a fan of Curry to this day, for that exact reason you just said. But, you know, Tyler was given his – uh opinion on what an MVP means. And I have one that's kind of similar, but it is different. Um, the reason I don't hold certain players to as high esteem as others, um, for example, Steve Nash, phenomenal player. Love Steve Nash. Absolutely. He's, well, he, was, he was my favorite point guard growing up for a long time. But, like, I feel like to be an MVP, you need to be an impact player on both sides of the ball. You can't. You can't just be this dynamic offensive dynamo or you can't just be this defensive stalwart. You have to you have to be able to do both. Like Hakeem Olajuwon, Michael Jordan, Kobe, LeBron when he was younger. Giannis, Giannis is who really gives me that kind of idea of what I want these days. I just wish Giannis would quit shooting the three. I just wish Giannis would quit shooting the three. If he would quit shooting the three, he would be right in there with my favorite player discussion because – I don't know if there's a better big man in terms of just the overall total package than Giannis. If Embiid would stay healthy, he would be in the conversation. But right now, I really believe it's Giannis. But I would wish he would just quit shooting the three-pointer because he's not good. Here's my opinion on kind of like uh, what Matt was saying. Like I semi-agree with that but I don't like to an extent. So I think it all just depends on how the team is built. So if you are what your team needs in that position, you know, that style of play, and you're obviously the center point of the team, then I think if you do your job, then that makes you the most valuable player on that team. So like, let's just take an example. Like, let's just say, you know, we have this outstanding score but we surround him by, you know, amazing, you know, defensive players, you know, players who can average 10 to 15 points, but, you know, they, they thrive on the defense. You have the defense, but you need that guy on the offense, right? So in that certain case, that offensive player is the most important player on that team. Cause it doesn't matter if 
you know you can stop, you know, eight out of ten possessions or, you know, whatever it is, you have to score the ball at the end of the day. So say I think you need to be I think you need to be like a twenty point per game scorer, uh, but still be able to make like an all NBA defensive team. Right. I, I'm not saying you know you shouldn't be able to play defense. Like absolutely. Like if you're at the NBA level, you should 100 percent know how to play defense. You know, but I'm I don't think you have to have like that 50 50 split. Like you you it's hard to find a player, you know, that is that solid on both sides of the ball. Giannis, you know, today is one of those examples. You know, he is, you know, that efficient on both sides of the ball. But other than like Giannis or Embiid, I I really can't think of another player who is that solid on both sides. You know, Kawhi and Paul George are both but decent scorers and defenders. When's when's the last time Kawhi Leonard played, Matt? <laughs> uh, season before this one. Okay. Yeah, he, he's he's been out a whole year. He, we're not talking about him today. <laughs> Until he gets back on the court, we're not talking about Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> now, Paul George, I'm a I'm a fan of Paul George. I like him, but he's he showed a little bit, you know, in the playoffs when he came back that he still, you know, has a little left in him. But we haven't seen him do it throughout the course of enti- an entire season in a long time. You know, he's missed 30, 40, you know, 50 games consecutively for like the past what three years probably so it's just that's my thing like I can't that's what kills me I just can't get behind players that miss half the season but still get all of this praise like I like the dogs (laughs) I like the guys who are out there you know 80 90 percent of the season like I get you know injuries happen but how many you know severe injuries can you have on you know back to back to back seasons before you just call it quits because at that point you're you're just you're useless you know the team's paying you all of this money for what to sit the bench you know? <laughs> Anthony Davis <laughs> I I can't get behind it I and Matt I got one better I got one better Ben freaking Simmons Oh, don't get me started on that. Don't, don't get me started on that. Wait, ben Simmons. We'd be going down a we're be oh going my. down a, a slippery slope that I don't think any three of us would be able to ever recover. Ben Simmons. I I have been a huge Ben Simmons fan. Like you can go back on my Facebook, Instagram, whatever. I have been a diehard Ben Simmons supporter. And again, I'm not I'm not a hypocrite. If I say something, I stick with it, and I'll stand by it. I will not change my opinion on it. And I said, you know, the whole thing with Anthony Davis, you know, he wanted to sit out until he got traded just because he didn't want to be there. I think that's wrong. Like, that's the coward way out. Like, you're getting paid. Go out there and play. (laughs) And then my favorite player goes and does it. And now I'm just like, man, I really freaking hate this guy. <laughs> like, why do you have to be one of those players? Because <laughs> I I love a good defensive player. Like that to me, I I am. That's why I was so happy when the, the Knicks, you know, hired Thibodeau as their coach. Like, yes, you know, we need that defense. But I just. I hate when players take, you know, the coward way out, and that is what Ben Simmons has done. You know, you you know, everybody knows 
100%. He's been healthy this whole year. He could have played. But he didn't want to play, you know, in Philly anymore because he got his feelings hurt by the fans. It is what it is. Not everybody's built for criticism. Um, and then I, I think, you know, him and Joel Embiid had issues, you know, a few times here and there. And I guess, you know, Embiid's one of those players, he'll, he'll speak his mind. <laughs> I guess Embiid hurt Ben Simmons' feelings as well. And he just decided to take, you know, the chicken way out. And then he gets traded, you know, and could possibly form, you know, the best big three in the NBA today with, you know, pure offense from Kyrie and, you know, Kevin Durant when they're healthy, you know, able to play. Or in Kyrie Irving's case, you know, whenever he decides to play. Um, and then you have Ben Simmons' defensive, you know, abilities like that and playmaking abilities as well, like, that could have been the best big three in the NBA today. But what are you talking about? Under- LeBron James and Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis exist. Matt. Matt. Stop it. <laughs> I think we I think we're all in this point of where we're just like, yeah, we played the fifth on that one. <sighs> if if that's the case, then give me Emmanuel quickly, Obi Toppin, and Mitchell Robinson. Not a better big three in the NBA, right? No, I, I know. Here, that's what I'm saying. Here, let's, here let's make it. Let's make it a big four. Let's put LeBron, AD, Russell Westbrook, and Ben Simmons on the same team. They There's your play. dynasty right there. Wait, what? What was it? Was some crazy stat like the Lakers big three only played like what? It was like twelve games together, something like that, right? I think it was the numbers are actually switched. I think it was twenty one. Twenty one, yeah, it was something like that. It was something stupid. <laughs> like you, you played twenty five percent of the season together. Like, yeah, because LeBron missed what, like forty games, something like that. Anthony I think, Davis, I, I think so LeBron he played in. LeBron what? missed. LeBron missed thirty some. Anthony Davis missed exactly half of the season, so forty one. Yeah. And Russell Westbrook missed like two. Russell Westbrook missed every game. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. But he turned into a turnover machine. You know, shooting at the top of the backboard, turning the ball over 12 times a game. I'm telling you, James Harden ruined Russell Westbrook. He did. I didn't ruin that man. I didn't realize, Matt, that the Lakers got Will Ferrell from semi pro. We did. Uh, don't, Don't disrespect Jackie Moon. That's the greatest player of all time. Oh, I'm not talking about Jackie Moon. I'm talking about Will Ferrell himself. Oh, okay, yeah, that's that's <laughs> yeah. a different story. <laughs> yeah, now now Jack now Jackie Moon Jackie Moon gets all the respect. Yeah, Jackie Moon Jackie Moon is that man. Like when Jackie Moon's name is mentioned, Michael Jordan is forgotten. There you go. So, yeah, I Mike who Mike who right. But and then that's that's the thing with the two this year. How do we go from being the fourth seed last year to being, you know, a bottom five team in the entire league with the same exact roster? Actually, I take that back. So we got rid of Alfred Payton and Reggie Bullock. <laughs> and, you know, you think we'd have some upgrade with Kimba and, you know, Evan, but no, we, we got worse. I can understand the – the swap for, you know, Evan and Reggie Bullock, because with Reggie, you got defense. With Evan, you're getting a spotty, you know, shooter, a very streaky mm-hmm. shooter with no defense. So, 
I understand that position, but and then D Rose missed a lot of the season, basically the whole season. I don't. It's hard to be a Knicks fan. <laughs> it is hard. Uh, well, more power to you for sticking around to it because a lot of people would have jumped off by now. But props to you for being an actual fan. So hey, much. A captain goes to down you, with a ship. <laughs> yep. True captain goes down with a ship. They do. That's that's me when it comes to the Saints and the Red Sox and the Red Sox. <laughs> Is already looking like a sinking ship. So, but at least we got a better fan base than the Yankees, apparently. I hate the Yankees. The Yankees are the only New York team I will not support. But hey, the Nuts are kicking some tail right now. I mean, they're looking real good outside of the brawl with the Cardinals. (laughs) It's weird. So, the only teams that I don't like or that I like that aren't based in like New York are Texas, you know, for college football. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, MLB, I'm a Cubs fan. Hey, I, okay. I mean, I support I the Mets, that. but I'm not going to go out here and say they're my favorite team. Like, I like them, but they're not my team, you know. But – and that's why I was so mad when we traded Anthony Rizzo to the Yankees for a pile of dirt. Oh, man. Anthony yeah. Rizzo is my favorite player of all time, man. And I got to see him win that championship. In 2016, I, was it 20? Yeah, it was 2016. Man. Yeah, and I saw that game seven too. That was that was wild. I, I'll never forget that, man. I was I was actually that was when we were camping one time. You know, me and my family we went camping. They you know forced me to go camping. I I'm not a camping kind of guy, but <laughs> they forced me to go that week, and you know we won the World Series, and I was so happy. And then we trade. Anthony Rizzo, you know, trade Javier Baez, Jock Peterson, like our whole team is just gone. And Chris Bryant too. You can't yeah. Chris Bryant. He was, he was the MVP, I think. Yeah, it's, yeah, that one, that one really hurt. It's kind of like but, you know, back when the Knicks got Phil Jackson and we traded our entire team <laughs> after you know yeah. winning fifty-two games, you know, a season or two before. Yeah, yeah. that's. We we don't but, we don't talk about Phil Jackson, <laughs> but at least you had the advantage of being able to see the Cubs win the World Series because yeah, that, that was that how was I true. felt when the Red Sox ended their streak in '04, when they ended that 86 year run without a championship or anything like that. So I understand well, the feeling. What was it for the Cubs? It was like what 114 years or something like that. Something along those lines. Yeah. I, I know it was over 100 years. Yeah, I think their last one was in 1912. And they won 16. I think it was 104, if I'm right. I, yeah, that's actually right. That's, that's actually what right. it was, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm starting to think I'm a little, like, dyslexic or something. I'm getting my numbers switched up today. <laughs> I want to interrupt our talk here for a brief second. Alante Taylor, safety out of Tennessee, is going to the Saints. Okay. Well, we did need some defense because, you know, Malcolm Jenkins and a lot of those guys are also gone too. So, I'm all right with that pick. 60 tackles, two interceptions, six passes defended, six foot, 199 pounds. Anything's better than Eli Apple, I'll tell you that right now. So, I'm fine with it. 
I think I, I think I'm really for wanting the Steelers to draft a wide receiver, not because we don't need an offensive lineman, but you know we more or less needed an offensive lineman when we had Big Ben the statue mm. in the middle. <laughs> Big ben the statue. I mean, hey, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, Kenny Pickett Young. I'm pretty sure he can move now. Listen, I, I'll make a fair trade with you here, Matt. You give me a loaf of bread. And half a stick of butter, and we will give you Kenny Galladay. All right. Uh, does it have? Does, right, does it have to be name brand bread, or it could be like that off brand no, great value? Uh, I, I prefer great value because at least I know I'm not going to get disappointed. <laughs> I know what I'm walking into. Okay. I set my expectations low. Woo. <laughs> I was so excited when we got Kenny Galladay. I was like, yeah, you know, we finally got a good receiver. And then what do you do for us this year? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of impartial on that. I don't know whether to blame our receivers or blame Daniel Jones. I, the Giants I guess, we'll, I guess we'll figure it out more this season, too. Yeah, to be continued. <laughs> the saga of Daniel Jones. <laughs> So, and speaking of uh, the East and continuing on with the playoffs a little bit, as we uh, count down a little bit to pick 52 for Matt and the Steelers, uh, Kansas City's on the clock right now, so we'll jump back into the NBA for a second. Is the upcoming Bucks and Celtics series possibly the battle for the team that goes to the East? Or uh, is it still – the Heat's division to lose, or conference to lose, I should say. To me, this is this is how I feel. I'm going to take the Bucks if Chris Middleton is healthy and you know can be Giannis's Robin, you know his sidekick that he needs. Right. If he doesn't show up, I'm going to take the Celtics if they get Robert Williams back. So I, I feel like that's that's who it is. It's between those two players. Whichever player can come back, be healthy, and show up, I think that's the team that takes it. Because I, I feel like on paper, all teams, you know, both teams healthy, all players healthy, you know, playing at their normal, you know, decent level, whatever they play at, mm-hmm. I feel like they're a pretty evenly matched team. But right. it's just they have those two key players out. So I, that that's who I'm going to take the team, you know, with the guy that's ready to step in, you know, come back from injury and be that guy. Because that's, that's the good I thing for about. Milwaukee is Middleton is not season ending. So right. That that means there is hope. Well, they're uh, they're projecting Robert Williams to be back, you know, second round of the playoffs. That's so. that's what I've read everywhere. It's what I've been hearing. You know, I, I'm no sports analyst, so I don't know, but. That that's what I've been seeing. So and Robert Williams, he was he was a big piece, you know, for the the Celtics this year. You know, everybody wants yeah. to talk about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, but to me, the most valuable player on that team was Robert Williams. That's it's that's awesome. the man that held their defense together. Even though Marcus Smart, you know, won Defensive Player of the Year, but it's just Robert Williams for me. He was that guy. It's always the players who don't get mentioned that end up rising to the occasion. 
for sure. But uh, I, I think game one for them, I believe, is Sunday. Yeah, I, what I think I've it's been Sunday. Uh, oh, I remember who it was now. Memphis, Minnesota. That's the series that's possibly still going seven. So Minnesota, Minnesota must win for there to be a game seven. I believe that's, that's tonight, the, actually. That's the surprise series for me this year. You, you mentioned it earlier, asked, you know, if there was any surprises in the playoffs this year. That's the one for me. And not for reasons that, you know, people expect. It's because we've been hearing, you know, jaw is this, jaw is that. Anthony Edwards is taking it to Ja Morant in these playoffs. Like, Ja is still mm-hmm. holding his own. But nobody expected, you know, Anthony Edwards to come out here like this. You know, everybody knew Anthony Edwards was good. You know, nobody doubted that. But I don't think and everybody every- expected him to show up the way he has. Right. Because everybody knew Cat was going to come and play for the Timberwolves and everything like that. Because he's, you know, starting to really start to come into his own. Right. And, every- and everything with that. Um, and it seems like this Timberwolves team is also starting to get a new attitude. So, you know, it could be a little young now, you know, because, you know, honestly, even if they were to surprise and win this series, it's, I don't think it would still be their time just yet. But with these pieces and this attitude maybe starting to come together, there is potential there. But, you know, you know, potential only gets you so far. You have to be right. able to do it. I mean, either but, team that wins, in my opinion, they're not making it out of the second round. But yeah, because you know who awaits them next. Yeah, I but John Morant, I mean, he's shown he's clutch. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it you just can't sleep on either one of those guys. Like they're the next two biggest stars, you know, along with Lamelo Ball. You know, mm-hmm. one of those three guys are going to be the face of the NBA. One yeah. of these days, you know, they're yeah. they're playing at that level. They have that level of potential. You know, you still have like your Giannis's and Steph Curry. You know, they'll they'll be around, you know, for a few more seasons. But I I think if if they can stay healthy and they have that long term career, by the time they're in there, you know, late twenties, early thirties, one of them could be the face of the NBA. I I think one of those three players could could have a few championships under their belt. You know, maybe a, an MVP or two. And I think that's who we're going to be talking about instead of, you know, the LeBron James or Steph Curry or Giannis. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Ja and Zion were in the same draft class, correct? Right. So Zion went first to the Pelicans. And then the Knicks, we got uh, R.J. Barrett at three. So Ja was second. Okay. So they were all in the same draft class. So I think it's fair to say now that Ja was the better pick than uh, Zion. You could throw Zion on that other dream team, too, you know. We'll call them, you know, the uh, all-star bag of chips, you know. Yeah, the, the, the what the, could have been the, team. The biggest the wise, what if team. <laughs> the wise cheese doodles. There you go. Right. <laughs> we got some cheese doodles for you. The wise cheese doodles for you. Got them right here. I, I'm, I'm happy, though, because the Knicks, we've gotten better in the draft. I, I wanted us to get RJ because, I, to me – I thought RJ was the best player in that draft. I don't think that now, obviously. It's jaw, hands down, like no debate. But at that time, I thought RJ was the best player in the draft. I thought he was, you know, the most all-around, you know, just 
best player. He was the total package, you know. But Jaws proved us wrong. I mean, RJ's not doing bad, but he's not doing great. <laughs> but Still better and, than Zom. Yeah, I mean, at least he's there, you know, playing 40 minutes a game. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Zom's been there for a cup of coffee and not being in shape either. Yeah. Last season, this is a crazy stat. Last season, Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett were first and second for minutes played for the entire season. Wow. Yeah, they they uh-huh. both averaged 39 minutes a game. Oh, uh, Julius Randle was right at the 40-minute mark. R.J. Barrett was 39. Whew. There you go. So, I mean, speaks so volumes. Hey, he's durable. <laughs> I'm thankful for that. We we got a we got a young guy that's you know going to be around for a while, unless some freak incident happens. But hey, he's been playing those minutes, you know, for what three four years now. So, but uh, I, I'm happy with it. But Matt, let's get your uh, playoff chime in here because we've been kind of ranting and going on stuff like that, and I feel like we've kind of left you behind a little bit there, not intentionally, but what's your whole take on everything that we've seen so far in these playoffs? Oh, is he on? I think he fell asleep. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, interesting. Huh. Well, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll carry a little bit here while <laughs> we'll hold the board down. <laughs> We'll hold the yeah, fort down while we figure I, what's going on there. Yeah, but, you know, since, since we're talking about R.J. Bear and the Knicks here, I'll, I'll continue a little more with it, you know, give Matt his time to get back. Um, yeah. That was one of my biggest issues with the Knicks is, you know, every year we've we've had a decent pick in the draft and we've just fumbled the bag every year. Like, you know, the whole thing with Porzingis, he was good for two, three seasons and then, you know, the whole Phil Jackson thing happened, and he just didn't even want to play for us anymore. And now look at him. He's he's a bum on Washington. <laughs> but, you know, he – because, what, he was he was all-star for his one year. He was – I. he should have won rookie of the year over Towns. Nobody can change my mind on that. That year, Porzingis' rookie season was better than Carl Anthony Towns. And I get hate every time I say that here because I live in Kentucky. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Kentucky will defend their players now, that's for sure. They won't defend Anthony Davis. You won't see a single one of them. Yeah, he's probably the one exception. He's been in that L.A. mindset. He he actually – Anthony Davis had a a big mural uh, painted on one of the buildings down here, and they painted right over it. They took that's it down. They know it right over it. That's when you know he that you've got heat. Yeah, because Kentucky, there, there's a. I mean, I don't want to say they're known for like their street art, but it's it's pretty popular here, and like most people wouldn't know about it unless you came to visit. But like you got murals all over the place. Like John Wall has one. Devin Booker has one. Rondo has a smaller one. You know, downtown. So I mean, there's there's a few players that have their murals, and there's a there's a big billboard they have here with um, Bam on it, Bam out of bio. Mm-hmm. He's got his own billboard here. Like, 
it's all over the place. Like they rep their players, but not Anthony Davis. <laughs> it's it's crazy to think, but um, yeah. So uh, speaking of which, Grizzlies and Wolves is going to tip off here in a little bit because the draft's going to switch over to ESPN two here in a little bit. So I'll have to kind of keep keep switching between both. Um, but speaking of Kentucky, another Kentucky player, Josh Pascal, got drafted. Unfortunately, he got drafted to the Detroit Lions, but well, – I hate that. You know, but, I mean, he had to be drafted as well with his resume and everything. So, I mean, he was bound to go somewhere. So, I mean, How about again, Kentucky football, though? We put on I mean, a show last year. It's been a little bit of a renaissance the last couple years uh, for Kentucky. Right? But this year – but this last year especially. Yeah, like I, I, I've said, you know, I'm a Texas fan, but I live in Kentucky. You know, I support them. You know, whenever, whenever Texas isn't winning or when, you know, when they're not playing, you know, same thing with right. Syracuse with basketball. I mean, I, I support Kentucky. I never, I never had the heart to do it in West Virginia. I hated West Virginia. I still do. I don't visit unless I have to. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think I've only been there once in the past two years. Um. So I, I just don't like the place, but yeah, here it's, it's, I don't know, it's a fun atmosphere, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, West Virginia, and... they're, they're crazy about their, their sports teams, but I don't know. Kentucky takes it to a whole new level. But the thing about the West Virginia teams, and I speak of this as a Marshall alum and a Marshall fan, both teams are frustrating to watch. Oh, you talk about frustrating. Try taking a first round exit to St. Peter's. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that was try, uh, try taking a first round exit to, to St. Peter's with the best player in college basketball last year. Yeah, um, that was that's frustrating. Because like I said, I work at you know a fan outfitter, so I always sell UK stuff. Right. We had people come in. So just to give you an idea, our store I say on a daily basis, we do anywhere from, you know, 3000 to, you know, $6,000 in sales. Like, it's not a super busy store, but it, it's a busy store, you know. Um, when, you know, UK was playing, they were winning and everything. The week before we uh, went, you know, and played in the tournament, I opened up the store on a Saturday morning. The Saturday before we went to we open at 11. I got there at 10.30. We're right beside like a party and stuff like that. So, and like an AT&T, right. things like that. We're in like a little shopping center. So I was like, oh, you know, it's Saturday. Everybody's just out getting, you know, some errands done for the day. I go unlock the door to go in and I turn around. There's already a line at the door. Like people were waiting to get in, to, you know, buy jerseys and everything like that. So I'm standing, I was the only one there as well. So I'm standing there and, you know, I'm counting the drawer, getting everything ready, you know, for the day. And I, I just yeah. look up and there's just like a horde of people outside. I'm like, man, this is going to suck. <laughs> I did. I did $2,500 in sales in the first hour we were open. That's insane. We had about a $13,000 day when the average is around, you know, five to six. Shoo. Yeah, that that's how busy we got. And then after we lost, nobody came in. 
we had a few people here and there, you know, a few days after because they came in. They were like, oh, it, is anything on clearance? I'm like, man, all we sell is UK stuff. Like, we can't put the whole store on clearance. But, yeah, no, now we're averaging about maybe $1,000 in sales. Shoo. That's how much it died off. I could imagine. So that, that's the thing with Kentucky, man. Like, when we're winning, they'll support them. But if they lose, no, nah, they'll, they'll kick them right to the curb. Act like it yeah. just never happened. Never happened. <laughs> just I go really on with their that. days, and it's just it's it's not even there. And that's that's crazy. That's crazy. But that's the that's the way of the world. It seems like. But uh, but I tell you what, though, uh, Matt called it though. So I don't. Uh, it could be a technical issue or something. It's, Something happened, but I don't know if uh, Matt is still with us or not. But uh, he talked about mentioning Pittsburgh needing a wide receiver, and they just got one from uh, George Pickens out of Georgia. So hmm. he just went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I haven't really been watching the draft, to be honest. Where did Drake London go? Uh, shoot, I'm trying to, rem- I'm trying to remember now. Um, yeah, I don't remember. I just started keeping up with it a little bit now myself. Uh, really, I just kept up with the Saints picks from la- from last night and everything up to this point where they traded for the 11th pick and then had their offensive line pick later on. But, yeah, this is really about the first I've kept up with it, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, that's that's the best re- receiver in this draft. I, I would take Drake London over any of them. He reminds me of a Calvin Johnson. I, I'm not saying he's going to be as good. <laughs> yeah, because it, it takes a lot to be Megatron. As, as, as far as, like, the way he's built and, like, his style of play, he reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of him. You know, he's, he's a big receiver. You know, he's, he's pretty athletic for his. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? What's up? So... We apologize for the technical issues and everything like that, but sometimes that's just how the ball rolls. But we were able to keep things going and kind of kept things smooth for a little bit there. And we appreciate Tyler for coming on, and we will definitely be running that back again at some point. Uh, Definitely a lot of fun to be able to chat and and debate. But uh, we'll pick up with you, Matt, right where I was leaving off there in conversation. Uh, George Pickens out of Georgia, wide receiver, is going to your black and yellow Pittsburgh Steelers. I did hear you say that. In his career, 90 catches, 1,347 yards, and 14 touchdowns. He missed some of last season, though, due to injury. But, you know, I mean, that's still no stat line to sniff at. That's that's a quality stat line. So, I mean – He's got a little bit of size on him, too. So and then another wide receiver went behind him to uh, uh, from Cincinnati, went to the Colts. And then and now Tony Gonzalez has announced another wide receiver, Sky Moore out of Western Michigan, going to join Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's where we are right now. And soon they'll get ready to swap the draft over to ESPN2 to get set for Grizzlies and Timberwolves game six. All right. First, foremost, kind of, kind of touch on a few points you and Tyler were talking about. Like I said, I can I, hear, 
I could hear you guys talking. I just like my voice wasn't coming through. I don't know why I said I wasn't connected. It's it's all right, man. Yeah, because I was saying there, I thought we kind of was leaving you out in the dirt there a little bit, but we wasn't doing it on purpose. It was just you know the na- you know how the nature of conversation goes. Once Absolutely. it once that ball gets rolling, you know you're right there. But I mean, you know, we we've all have some spirited debate and stuff like that and all been able to take turns there. I just wanted to make sure you got your piece in there too. So the floor is yours, my brother. Uh, One thing I was going to say is you were talking about surprise series. And when you first mentioned that, I was going to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves and uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies. Yes, sir. I'm a huge fan of uh, Patrick Beverly. I've always been a fan of Patrick Beverly. I know 90% of the NBA fandom absolutely hates him, but, um, I just like how feisty he is. I like how in the, in your face he is. Um, Patrick Beverly has been a player. I've when I would play basketball, I'd try to mimic his intensity. I, I'm not quite as much on the more getting in your face and trash talking, but I always wanted to be that kind of person. And um, I'm really surprised Minnesota's held their own this well. But uh, you know, I feel like. Minnesota, like Tyler said, will not get out of the second round even if they win this because I believe they either have to play Golden State most likely or uh, Phoenix or I mean they might they might be able to beat New Orleans. I don't know why. I feel like a, I feel like a healthy uh, I feel like a healthy mm-hmm. Phoenix Suns are unbeatable or not yeah. unbeatable but hard to knock out. Yeah, I think Phoenix is going to be locked up with. The Dallas Mavericks next because Dallas knocked out Utah. That was the four-five matchup. Then Memphis and Minnesota is the two-seven. Golden State and Denver was the three-six, and we know uh, Golden State went on. The number one seed will end up playing the lowest seed, so that's Dallas. Um, well, unless Minnesota wins their s- series, then I think it would. I think it would end up going to them. I can't remember, but um, anyway, nonetheless, in any event, these problems and solutions notwithstanding, we uh, definitely have an interesting set of playoff series without a doubt. So I will go ahead and throw my finals prediction in there as well. Um, For the finals, I'm predicting the Boston Celtics and – I'm going to say – I'm going to say Phoenix. Phoenix and Boston. I was going to say Phoenix and Milwaukee. I was going to say it was going to be a rematch. You and Tyler were talking about them. Um, Chris Middleton and Robert Williams, I heard that, and I was trying to chime in and get in there. But uh, Chris Middleton's been confirmed that the earliest he'll be back would be at the end of the conference finals if they make it. Oh, well, that definitely throws a monkey wrench in. So uh, – Tyler, when you hear this, you you better roll with Boston, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was trying to get in there, and that's when I realized there was finally something wrong with my voice connection. I was trying to look it up and fix it. It is all good, man. We'll make sure that you get all your points across there because I knew, I knew something had to have happened there because, you know, it wouldn't have just dropped off by accident or any or by on purpose or anything like that. So it would have had to have been some kind of an issue. So uh, was there anything else that you missed or needed to throw out there? Because I'm, I'm going to make sure you have all the opportunity you need. 
Uh, no, sir. I believe I'm, I've said what I need to say about the NBA and NFL. Um, Steelers right now, they're having a really good draft. Um, I'm really content with who they've picked thus far. I'm really hoping they go offensive lineman in this draft and with the next pick in the third round. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it'll uh, definitely be interesting. I'm actually okay with some of the picks that the Saints have made. So, you know, you still need a little more defense, but, you know, uh, definitely a little more defense, a little offensive line. So, if we can kind of balance some of that stuff out, I'll definitely be okay with that, especially with, you know, Comeric, you know, eventually coming back after the suspension and whatnot. But I know uh, if Michael Thomas was healthy and that coming back, that'll also help Jameis in terms of having receivers. So, we'll, you know, the drafts can look good, but, it, you know, the season's where the pieces come together. So we'll see what happens when the season actually gets going. But um, anyway, we will roll this podcast right along here, and uh, let's get into some video game conversation. Yes, sir. I was, I, I, that's the one thing I hate Tyler had to go. I was looking forward to seeing a little bit of his uh, video game insight. Maybe we, should, maybe we should get him back on sooner rather than later. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds good, maybe. I have an, I have a couple ideas for guests for the next couple of weeks, but kind of. I'm kind of yeah. just going and asking people, whoever the first one to reply to me saying they want to be on, I go with. So, yeah, but uh, I, that's definitely a good idea. But we'll definitely run that back with him because that was one of the most fun kind of conversations I've had in terms of having some debate and whatnot. Absolutely. But uh, I believe you said you wanted to discuss, like, how we got into video games and stuff, like video game origins, a big emphasis yeah. on that. And we will dive into that for about the next 20-some-odd minutes to finish up our podcast. But just briefly, I must give you credit. Kirby and the Forgotten World was a very, very great game that I was able to take part of and... You know, outside of a little bit of sluggish movement with using the traffic cone and just, you know, a little bit of some of the jumping mechanics that I wasn't a fan of, but I still give it a definite 9 um, out of 10. So if anybody is on the fence of checking it out, it's the best Kirby game in the series. Definitely check it out. Oh, yeah. It's worth it. And for anybody that's looking to be a collectionist of sorts, there are codes that you can use and type to help get extra bonus coins, bonus items, whatever you need for health or for collectioning or whatever you need. There are codes that are on, uh, you type in, you know, Kirby and the Forgotten World codes on a search. It'll have a whole list of codes that will definitely be your best friend when it comes to 100%ing the game. But it's definite, definitely worth your while to check out. Oh, uh, it, it- it's not only my favorite Kirby game of all time. It's my favorite current game on the Switch. I, I definitely have it. I definitely have it up there. I mean, I'm still, you know me, I'm still privy to Odyssey and Breath of the Wild, but Kirby is definitely in the conversation. I cannot lie and say that it's not because it is. 
I believe the reason you, I believe you wanted me to tell you when I posted the Facebook status, I believe you wanted me to tell you why I, I had Kirby over Mario Odyssey. Yeah, let's uh, let's dive into that take real quick, and then we'll get into uh, video game origins to kind of wrap things up. All right. Well, for me, the reason Kirby is better than Odyssey, in my opinion, is um, the biggest thing is, you know, Kirby has its fair share of collectibles, and but I felt like Mario had so many moons that it diluted how important they were to get. Like, you know. There are 999 moons in Mario Odyssey, but you don't need all of them. To, like, you know, do you, you kind of understand what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. when, when you're mm-hmm. collect when you're collecting the uh, Waddledees, most of them you collect, you actually need like the moons, right? And some and some of the moons on Odyssey are just insultingly easy to find. Like, just sitting beside a man on a park bench, and you get a moon for that. Like, a lot of the moons in Odyssey didn't take any challenges to get. And Kirby, I, I feel like, other than the first couple worlds, which are mostly tutorial, um, the Waddle Dees got progressively harder to find. Yeah. Especially when it came to some of the boss fights and taking no damage. Those were some of the harder ones for me, because with certain built-up power-ups, you could easily clear the time limit, Waddle Dees. No problem. Oh, yeah. Especially when it came to like the dragon fire or, you know, the ultimate power up that I'm not going to spoil that you need to check out for yourselves. Because that one, when you get it, man, it makes things a whole, e- like even easier. But, you know, not like easy where it gets boring, easy where it gets fun to just obliterate. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's basically my biggest thing. I mean, Odyssey is a great game. Don't I will never tell anybody not to get Odyssey because it's not as good as Kirby. Odyssey is still to me like an eight out of ten. But I don't know, Kirby is just it just resonated me with me for some reason. I think for a starting collection for Switch games, I think uh, Breath of the Wild, Odyssey, and Kirby would be. A very strong top three to go with. What do you think? Uh, yeah, and then I'd probably throw Mario Kart in there because everybody in the wrong. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so top five: Smash, Mario Kart, Odyssey, Breath of the Wild, Kirby. Absolutely, I would, I would go with that. Alternate Metroid, Metroid Dread. Uh, but if you, if you okay. but if you want the ultimate Switch experience, those would be the five. If there's a niche game, I'd throw in like maybe a top seven. A game I truly enjoyed was Fire Emblem Three Houses. There's so much content for your $60 if you get it new. Or if you're not in RPGs, go with Splatoon. Splatoon's good as well. Splatoon 3 will be coming out for too, too long. And then, uh, or if you're familiar with uh, Wii Sports, check out the new Nintendo Switch Sports that just came out. I will be checking that out um, as well. You're going to have to let us know how that is next week because money's a little financially... We're, we're pretty strapped right now at the wedding. My wedding yeah. is within its final stages. So. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm a little bit behind on it, but Courtney and I are going Sunday to Huntington, and we are going exclusively shopping for my stuff. But, I mean, I've got the pants. All I need now is just the rest of the gear. But, I mean, I know I can get it done. 
So absolutely, I'm not I'm not too worried about that. So uh, you and Celine will probably get pictures there just to make sure I'm still following the color code. But I know it's blush, green, and gold. So uh, I think as long as we go with stuff along those lines. I've got some, I've got brown pants, I've got gray pants, I've got green pants. I can do whatever I need to do to go with to uh, get it done and get it done right to follow the code. So uh, we'll be ready to roll for that day, brother. For sure. But Josh, since you have been such a good, uh, basically, I, I should just say you've been a good host because you did most of the hosting today <laughs> because I've been MIA. So why don't you, why don't you regale us with uh, your origins in the gaming? Well, you know, and I have to talk about, you know, that's all thanks to when I was uh, co-hosting a show talking about all forms, all forms of motorsports with uh, my good friend out there, uh, Joshua Rose. If he ever catches wind of this, man, I miss you. And, you know, if we ever wanted to do it again, we have this app here and you and I could team up with it and uh, relive some old times there, but we would talk everything NASCAR, Formula One, IndyCar. We would cover all motorsports there, Supercross, Motocross, MotoGP. We would cover all of it in the span of an hour. So you think about how tight of a fit that is and, you know, learning on the curve and everything like that. That's kind of where I got it from. But, uh, you know, so all credit goes to my time at uh, WMUL-FM at Marshall University. So, uh you know, thank you guys for all of the training and the fun times there. Now that we have established that, yeah, we were kind of throwing some ideas on what to discuss. And I figured, well, we talk a lot about, you know, current games we're playing and all of that, which uh, next, you know, next time I'll not only be talking about Nintendo Switch Sports, but I will also be covering not just next week, but a lot of through the month of May with it being Star Wars month. So, you know, you'll have to forgive me, man, on some of this, because that's one of my other big fandoms, is I am a Star Wars fan. So you will hear talk of, you know, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. You'll hear talk of the new Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga, which is also available on the Switch, by the way. Um, and I'm hearing a lot of good things about this Lego Star Wars, because it's got all nine films in one game. That's impressive. Oh, it is for sure. Uh, I'm actually a big Star Wars guy myself. Now, oh, granted, okay, I, good, good. Now, granted, I have fallen off the bandwagon. I have not watched any of the new ones. The last Star Wars movie I've seen is the one that came out in like 2005. Oh, that would be uh, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge so of the great. Sith. Was... Which I think still has the best lightsaber duel of all time, Anakin versus Obi-Wan, and I will die on that hill. Oh, I agree. Uh the drama, the story, the music, the choreography, because as far as I know, they didn't use doubles for that fight. It was straight Hayden Christensen as Anakin and Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. And, you know, we'll talk also about the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series that's coming to Disney Plus at the end of the month. So I'm very excited about that as well. And seeing him return as Obi-Wan and seeing Hayden return not just as Anakin, but as Darth Vader. It's going to be good, man. I'm, I'm excited so, for it. So we'll cover those, and I'm also going to dive back into some older games like uh, Star Wars Squadrons that came out that I never got the chance to play. I got it downloaded onto my system there. And then I also picked up for uh, 
about 50 bucks, I picked up four Star Wars games on two separate discs from the olden days. Uh, Star Wars Racer. So it's kind of like the pod racing from the Phantom Menace, if you remember. That was how Anakin was introduced to the world. Right. Um, then you have Star Wars Republic Commando, which is you take control of one of the clone troopers during the actual Clone Wars. Um, so this is obviously before Order 66. Um, and if you don't know what Order 66 is, uh, that's basically where the Emperor gave the order for Anakin and everybody to just basically wipe out the entire uh, Jedi coalition. Um, but as it comes to find out, they didn't completely wipe out every single Jedi in the world. Um, and then if, uh, you know, I got star, I got the... Uh, two Jedi, uh, Jedi Knight games collection. That's uh, Jedi Outcast and Jedi Academy, which Jedi Academy let you customize and build your own lightsaber with your own color, which would later be enhanced and multiplied with Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which to me has been the ultimate Star Wars Jedi video game ever. But that one's an absolute must check out. Well, it doesn't matter if you have PS4, Xbox, PS5, whatever the case, PC. Like, it's like 20 bucks or so now for any of those systems. Check that game out. You will not be disappointed with it because it is the ultimate Jedi experience. You have, you can build your own lightsaber handle. You can choose your own color. Not just your standard red, blue, green, or purple from the movies. They have colors like yellow magenta orange so you know what i went with because orange is my color and then uh you know so you can go single blade you can go the two-handed darth maul lightsaber or you can split them apart and have two lightsabers in oh, your yeah. hand at once so yeah a lot of fun um but real quick before we dive into it uh Joel Embiid has just now been announced out indefinitely. Right orbital fracture and mild concussion suffered during game six against the Raptors. So that is a big blow to the 76ers. Big blow for sure. Joel Embiid is, uh, was my pick for MVP this year out of the three finalists. So at least, at least it's not his knee or anything like that. It was just, you know, Wrong place, wrong time for the the shot to the head like that. But um, he'll be back. He'll be back. He'll be back on that one, and uh, we'll see. But that's a definite big blow to Philadelphia. So that will definitely be uh, <laughs> that hurts them against the Heat. It does. But anyway, so just saw that, so I figured might as well go ahead and. Break the news and, unfortunately, I guess break the hearts of 76ers fans out there. Um, but, nonetheless, in any event, um, so I'm excited to start talking about some of these Star Wars video games as well. But uh, a lot of the talk is going to be about Lego Star Wars and uh, Jedi Fallen Order. So, this is my second time actually playing it through because I had the PS4 pre-order. And then when I was able to get my hands on the PS5, I saw this game was like 20 bucks brand new. So I was like, why not? Because, you know, gets me ready for when the sequel ends up coming out because there is going to be a sequel. 
And then from what I'm hearing, it could possibly be announced towards the end of the month during the Star Wars celebration. But enough digression here. So let's talk about what got us into video games, Matt. And uh, since I've kind of been in the leeway with it, I want you to start out and tell me what it was that got you involved. Okay. Um, technology to me was always really cool. It's all, it's a fascinating. It was always a fascinating thing to me growing up. TVs and stuff, just how they worked and st- And one of the games that I always considered a technological marvel was the first game I ever played, which was on my brother's uh, NES, which was Duck Hunt. I just thought uh, I, I just thought it was cool that the little orange zapper gun that you got that you could point it at the screen and it actually shot and like killed the ducks but and um what a marvel that one was right <laughs> my guess is uh how it worked is uh it, it was on a you know how it was on I forget what those TVs are called it's a specific kind of TV Mm-hmm. But those t those old box TVs that you know yes. if, you put, if 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 you put your hand too close to the screen you can feel the static. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, the ones gun- you had to turn to channel three. Yeah, <laughs> I remember those. Yeah, kids, uh, you did have to turn TVs to a certain channel to play video games at one time, and it was channel three. Yeah, and sometimes you couldn't use the remote; you actually had to turn a knob. Okay, Josh. I think we're. I think we might be over overloading there. <laughs> yeah, we're showing our age now, ain't we, Matt? Yeah, we. The old codgers know what we're talking about. <laughs> that was a really. That was a really good old person impression, man. I'm very impressed with that. But uh, yeah, I'm pushing thirty. So I th- it's just kind of crazy the whole pushing thirty thing. Like we're yeah, we're. Yeah. Our generation's the last generation that probably is going to grow up without uh, having like a smartphone or something. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Because I remember life without it. I do too, man. Some ways it was worse. Some ways it was better. So your introduction was uh, Duck Hunt on the Uh, NES, but what was the one game that turned you? into the fan and addict that we both know each other as being now. Well, it's one of two. Uh, Okay. Obviously, if you own an NES, you most likely own Super Mario Bros., the original. Mm -hmm. Yep. Just, of course, my favorite levels were always the one, Bowser's Castle levels. I just like how tricky the fire bars and having to jump over the rising lava pits and finally getting the Bowser. And, you know, later on, he got a lot more crafty. Like, he'd throw hammers and jump up and down. Yeah. It's hard to get past him. Uh, right. But the, but the other one is Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Okay. Okay. I, I, I had, respect that. I had so much I had so much fun playing Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Um, just bobbing and weaving. And it, it took you, me. It took me a long time, but I finally beat Tyson. Like it took me. I, I was getting ready to ask if you ever got past Tyson. I did beat Tyson. It took. I, I played my brother's NES when I was about five years old, and I probably beat Tyson when I was eleven. Uh, what a gratifying moment that was! 
Oh, it is. It was. Well, for me, it was. It, I'm kind of in the same boat of how you know about two, but really you could call it three because, you know, you start with Pokemon Yellow on the Game Boy for me, but right. then there's also the little gray lunchbox, and that's what's made me a PlayStation fan to this day, still, you know. Every company is going to make questionable, uh, you know, decisions when it comes to, you know, marketing and, you know, some of the choices there and whatnot. But just like, you know, Xbox fans stick with the Xbox, I'm sticking with the PlayStation. But, you know, I'm not one of those that goes and just disparages the other side because I want to see all three of the major ones have that level of success. I don't want to see any of them go under, you know, because it probably hurt some people when Sega went out of the video game console market. I mean, you know, because people really like the Dreamcast. People like the Genesis and stuff like that. I'll give Sega Sega this. I was a huge, huge fan of all their games outside of Sonic and a couple others. But they were they were the kings of naming video game consoles. Yeah, they had great names. So, and uh, you know, it's it's nice to see, you know, companies be able to have that success and have those large fan bases that appeals to everybody. And that's what video games should be. It's not about one being better than the other. It's about finding what you like and having fun with it because that's what the root of it is supposed to be exactly it's not supposed to be about this competition and everything like that but i mean now granted i think with all three of them i think they'll be fine for you know quite a few years to come but i still want them to be there to pass down to future generations but you know it shouldn't be passed down in competition or in you know superiority or you know spreading unnecessary hatred about one being a fan of this as opposed to being a fan of this and acting like you know higher and mightier than that that's not how it works i'm yeah i've never understood the whole hating other game like games are enjoyment and stuff like the only thing that a person should hate is the cowboys (laughs) America's team, my butt. Anyway, um, but talking about the little gray lunchbox, it was Crash Bandicoot warped in Tekken 3. Oh, goodness, Crash Bandicoot. I remember going to my Aunt Sherry's house to visit my cousins, Sarah and Marlena, and just sitting upstairs playing Crash Bandicoot for hours. Oh, man, dude. And I love, I was so excited when they did the remaster of the Insane Trilogy, and oh, it brought back so many memories, and I was just so overjoyed with it. Like, ugh. Were you ever big on Spyro? Oh, yeah. I mean, I grew grew into Spyro and everything like that, but, you know, only because I was with him longer is why I ride more so with Crash than with Spyro, but, I mean, you know, it's not like that wide of a margin. You know what I mean? It's I like do. it's like fifty one point or fifty point one to forty nine point nine, basically, is right. how that is. Because 
you know, I did ride with Spyro as well, and I got both remastered trilogies. And you know, uh, Vicarious Visions did a great job with the Insane trilogy, and Toys for Bob did a great job with the Spyro remastered trilogy. I thought both were fantastic. It is a and, shame. It, sorry, you go oh, ahead. Oh no, go ahead. It, uh, you know, it's nice to have that kind of fan service because that's what it's you know about too it's about doing your own thing with it but also not you know leading the fans on absolutely serving them serving them with what they want but also serving your purpose with it as well as a developer and as a publisher it's a team effort that's how it should be especially in gaming I just think it's a shame what Activision Blizzard's done with uh, Spyro the Dragon. Yeah, it, uh, I don't know, but uh, I'd like to see Spyro become his own property again and not Skyland. Not, I mean, I get why they did it. They wanted to push the whole Skylanders and toys to life, so they took a popular mascot and made him the face of the game. But, you know, at the same time, we like having Spyro do himself. And I can't believe that Spyro and Crash haven't made Smash yet. I know. You would have figured they'd have made it by now since both of those games ended up coming out on the Switch. Yeah, and I mean, it's a history of video games. and You can't speak the history of video games without the Mario, Sonic, Crash, Spyro Wars of the 90s. Like, that was a big thing. If you can have Kazuya from Tekken, you can have Crash and Spyro. If you can have Mega Man and Sonic, you can have Crash and Spyro. Spyro. They, they. I just don't know how they're going to top Smash Ultimate. I really don't. At least in terms of character roster, I'm sure they can make different modes and stuff. But um, I, I don't know if you can really make another one after that. I thought they might maybe port it ultimate and just add new modes like break the targets or home run derby or whatever or make a story mode kind of like a subspace emissary on brawl and then maybe mm -hmm. just add four or five new fighters yeah maybe just port it and then just come up every few years come out with the characters pass yeah i mean that's that's a pretty fair assessment um but right. Yeah, but, you know, it would be Crash Bandicoot and Tekken 3 would be the ones that turned me into the video game addict. And then, you know, then you got the PS2, and then that was it. That's all she wrote, wasn't it? That was all she wrote. And uh, so, you know, it's led us to where we are now. So uh, what is... The what is the video game systems in your house right now? I'll I'll lead in with you know I got a lot of the obviously a lot of the PlayStation family of systems, so I got the three put away because um, ever since I got the the five the threes kind of you know become a little bit um, on the unnecessary side, but I'm keeping. I keep it because, you know, a lot of my favorites are on there and, you know, eventually I'll end up letting go of it, but, you know, kind of not ready to just yet. Right. 
Um, and then Courtney, uh, had my, I, when I gave her one of my original PS4s that she used, or, or one of my original PS4 that she uses, like for Sims and other stuff like that, just for, you know, some of the stuff that she enjoys, because she actually likes playing the Sims. That's her go-to, is the Sims. Play so, real life, play in real life, virtually. So, I can respect that. I can uh, too. Because... Because, you know, it's, I mean, it's a good time killer. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen her with it and seen her get lost with it. And, you know, it's kind of fun watching her get lost in the world that she's creating. So, and I think that's, you know, part of the reason why we're fans of it. And then uh, I've got my PS4 Slim that I saved and got. And then, uh, Got a couple of switches, and I've got a couple of the little classic systems. I got the SNES and the uh, PlayStation Classic. That's kind of <laughs> kind of bombed because a lot of it too. They used the PAL versions as opposed to the North Americans, so that hurt a lot. Um, and then I got the uh, Wii U. Oh, and I also have my green Nintendo 64. Okay, as for me, in our household, we have an Xbox One that's the boys's, an Xbox Series S that's mine, but may as well be the boys's, uh, an original Wii, a Nintendo 64, a PS4, a PS4 Pro, and a Switch, and I believe that's it. So it's getting so it's getting there. So that's not a bad stuff there. And you know, all this time that we've been talking and everything like that, we haven't swapped friend codes for either a PlayStation or Switch. So we need to change that ASAP. Oh, we do for sure, man. Uh I'll definitely get on that. So um if I don't get to it tonight, I will answer those by this weekend, no doubt. All right, man, for sure. Um anyways, uh I think the fiance going on wife is wanting to spend some time with me. So I don't blame you and I want to spend some time with mine. So I'm gonna cut this short. But I do wanna say thank you to Josh for being the best co host in the world and one of my absolute best friends in the entire world. I wanna thank Tyler Roberts for taking time out of his day to hop on here and talk some sports with us. And uh we are going to start trying to make this a more regular thing. It's just with everybody's work schedules, we're trying to get guests on now so we have three different perspectives on things, and it's just hard to realign everybody. But um, we definitely enjoy doing this, and uh, we just thank you for the views and the people that follow us on Anchor and on Spotify. Absolutely, and uh, if we don't – have a guest lined up for next week. I'm still game for going on next week because, uh, you know, we'll still have a lot to talk about with uh, NBA playoffs. And as, I'm, as I led into there, we'll be talking some Star Wars month and not only talking about the Star Wars uh, video games that, you know, either we've experienced or are currently playing, not even talk about some of the films. Oh, that sounds, that sounds like a good time. I'll have to, Go back and be in your mom at work or something. So they're fresh on my mind. So uh, 
if we don't get a guest for next week, I'm good with doing a one-on-one because I want to get back into it because tonight was so much fun with everybody involved. Like you said, thank you to my cousin Tyler and uh, Tyler definitely reach out because I've missed talking with you about stuff like this. So we will definitely have to catch up. But uh, we'll line everything up as it goes along. If we have a guest, that'll be great. If not, then you and I will just knock another one right out of the park like we do best. Absolutely. So like I said, I want to say thank you. And I do want to put a disclaimer that uh, in three weeks, I will not be on here for a podcast because it will be my bachelor party for my wedding. So we won't be doing the podcast in three weeks. But we are going to try to make it a weekly thing for the most part. Yeah, so uh, we'll take off for probably both your uh, bachelor party and for your honeymoon. So it'll probably be a little couple weeks time in between that point, but most well-deserved and more congratulations for the both of you. I'm definitely happy for you guys and look forward to all of us meeting up, hanging out in person. And uh, until next time, for my brother and my very be- one of my very best friends in the entire world, Matt Shrewsbury. I'm Jay Buck, and we'll see you next time right here on the Shrewscast. See y'all. Thank you.